Today's scripture reading comes from Romans chapter 8, verses 18 to 33. I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory about to be revealed to us. For the creation waits with eager longing for the revealing of the children of God. For the creation was subjected to futility, not of its own will, but by the will of the one who subjected it, in hope that the creation itself will be set free from its bondage to decay and will obtain the freedom of the glory of the children of God. We know that the whole creation has been groaning in labor pains until now, and not only the creation, but we ourselves, who have the first fruits of the Spirit, grown inwardly while we wait for adoption, the redemption of our bodies. For in hope we are saved. Now hope that is seen is not hope. For who hopes for what is seen? But if we hope for what we do not see, we wait for it with patience. Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness, for we do not know how to pray as we ought, but that very Spirit intercedes with sighs too deep for words. And God, who searches the heart, knows what is the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. We know that all things work together for good, for those who love God, who are called according to his purpose. For those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son, in order that he might be the firstborn within a large family. And those whom he predestined, he also called. And those whom he called, he also justified. And those whom he justified, he also glorified. What then are we to say about these things? If God is for us, who is against us? He who did not withhold his own son, but gave him up for all of us, will he not with him also give us everything else? Who will bring any charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. My brothers and sisters, maybe the most powerful phrase in the English language is the two-word phrase, what if? In our series these last couple of weeks, we've talked about some ifs. We've talked about the power that God has over our past if-only moments. We've talked about how in this moment, this moment, right now, we need to live as if we are who God says we are. But today, we turn our attention from what has been and what is to what in Christ could be. What if? Our ideas have tremendous power. Think about this. Everything that exists was once an idea. Everything that exists was once an idea. It was once a, a what if. Around 1790, Pierre Charles L'Enfant was commissioned 
to survey a 10-mile square on the northern edge of Virginia, not far from where we are today. At the time, the square was comprised mostly of farmlands and swamps. As he navigated the survey, he made a number of interesting annotations. One of them was about a particular hill. At the time, it was known as Jenkins Hill. L'Enfant reflected that that hill would make a wonderful spot for a future Congress house. Of course, today we know that hill, Jenkins Hill, as Capitol Hill. And we know that 10-mile square as Washington, D.C. On August 19, 1791, Pierre L'Enfant delivered a 20-ounce piece of paper to George Washington. It was nothing more than an idea. 10 miles square with places like Jenkins Hill and a location for an executive mansion. An idea that as it began to take shape, became the political center of the most powerful nation in history. It's fascinating to think that one man's idea, which today, this 20-ounce piece of paper is housed under a 100-pound block of glass and breathes argon air. One man's idea had such a tremendous impact. But the idea was the gateway to the reality. Church, it always is. Everything that exists was once an idea. And it's not just true for buildings and cities and gadgets. It's true for us, too. One day, God had a dream. A big idea. You. I love the way the psalmist puts it in Psalm 139. For it was you who formed me in my inward parts. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works that I know very well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was being made in secret, intricately woven in the depths of the earth. And look in verse 16. Your eyes beheld my unformed substance. In your book were written all the days that were formed for me when none of them as yet existed. Your eyes beheld my unformed substance. The psalmist is telling us that God had a dream, an idea, a what if, and it was you. And not only that, of all the things that God has created, and brothers and sisters, God has been creating from Genesis when God creates the earth to Revelation when God creates the heavens. God has been creating throughout the whole story. And one day God had this idea to create you. To create a Brock, a Parker, a Brayton, a Tessa, a Bill, a Sarah. You. 
And it wasn't just that God created you. Scriptures say that you are the greatest thing that God created. You are, in fact, God's masterpiece. I'm not trying to sell you something here. I'm not trying to sell you Amway. I am speaking the truth. You are the greatest what if God ever dreamed. We know this is true because of all that God was willing to sacrifice for you and for me. That is the story of the cross, church. It's the story of our worth. You are the masterpiece of God. You are God's big idea. And remember this too, from Genesis to Revelation, from beginning to the beginning of the end, God is creating. And we, we are most like God when we create as well. God had big ideas and brought them to bear. And God calls us ask our own what ifs to dream big god-sized dreams in this world and in our lives 10 years ago 10 years ago pastor monica had a dream stirring in her soul what if we trained equipped and sent people into their own communities and their their homes and their businesses and yoga studios and coffee shops and gyms, and they had one mandate, and the mandate was to go and be the church of Jesus Christ. She's had this what if in her soul for 10 years. And as that dream was coalescing inside of her, God began to give a dream to a people called Ebenezer. A dream about sharing the healthy DNA of this thriving congregation with the world around us through a satellite campus was so important that we codified it, enshrined it into our Focus 2025 vision, the things that Ebenezer will do. And then, then, in 2019, God brought Ebenezer and Pastor Monica Reynolds together to share our what-ifs. We applied for grants and we stood up beta test groups and we have walked through and are still walking through process but this summer that idea that what if of the nova missional hub becomes a reality ideas are not simply important they are perhaps the most important thing that what-if phrase, perhaps the most powerful in our language. And here's the most substantive question of our time today. What is the what-if in your life? What is the what-if in your life? What is the dream that God has placed in you? Some of you know immediately. As soon as I asked that question, your synapses and your soul began to fire. You know exactly what your what-if is. Others perhaps do not. Maybe some of us find ourselves so tired from doing the things we have to do day in and day out, that the prospect of taking time to dream it seems exhausting. 
My friends, hear this. This world and our lives will not improve until we give God the space in our lives to inspire us, to write dreams within us and our souls. What if my family actually found ways to regularly enjoy one another rather than just moving from one activity to another? What if I finally got that degree or took that class or started that business or took that position or joined that group or that ministry. What if every great thing, every great thing, every everything started with an idea? What's yours? What is the what if that God has placed in your soul? We have all heard of the Reverend Billy Graham, one of the most famous and effective evangelists the world has ever known. Perhaps you will also have heard of Bill Bright. Bill Bright was the founder of Campus Crusade for Christ. Today it's more commonly known as Crew. Crew has 22,000 full-time staff today. Over half a million trained volunteers. They operate in 181 countries around the world, and it's been estimated that as many as three and a half billion people have heard the gospel of Jesus Christ through the ministry called Crew. Billy Graham. Bill Bright. Or maybe you've also heard of a man by the name of Jim Rayburn. He started an organization called Young Life. Today, Young Life, a youth ministry, meets in over 8,000 schools and every week impacts the lives of over 400,000 young people. Now here's the question. What did Billy Graham, Bill Bright and Jim Rayburn all have in common? A Sunday school teacher by the name of Henrietta Mears. If if the kingdom of God were a multi-level marketing pyramid, Jim Rayburn, Bill Bright, and Billy Graham would all be in Henrietta Mears' downline. You see, when Henrietta was 38 years old, God gave her a dream, an idea, a what if to begin a Sunday school program at First Presbyterian Church. In time, just a few short years later, that Sunday school program was reaching 6,500 children every week. Billy Graham had a deep relationship with Henrietta Mears. In fact, he credited Henrietta Mears with changing the way that he preached. And more than that, he credited her with inspiring him to believe the full promise of Scripture. One woman with one what if, one dream, but it caught 
Later in her life, soon before she died, Henrietta Mears was asked about her influence. And she said this, It is just wonderful to think that what we speak and what we do are translated some way in a marvelous, mystical way to others. And they, in turn, spread it out and out and out until the circle is so immense we haven't any idea. In 1996, Billy Graham preached a crusade, and it's estimated that in that one crusade, televised around the world, 2.5 billion people heard the gospel of Jesus Christ. Henrietta Mears' big idea made a lasting impression on that man. Those men and countless other followers who have in turn reached billions for Christ. So once more, what is the what if that God has placed in you? You remember we began today by talking about the story of Pierre L'Enfant, who was the architect of the United States capital city, Washington, D.C., Presented his ideas in 1791 to George Washington, and you know what he did next that same year? L'Enfant took a trip down the Potomac River where he purchased an island. If you've ever been to D.C., you've likely noticed there's a lot of stone used in the building there. You know where it came from. So you do. Because much of the stone that went to construct the capital of the United States of America came from right here in Stafford. You can go see the quarry still today if you take a little walk out to Government Island. Over 200 years ago, Pierre L'Enfant bought that island and the stone that would be quarried there were used to construct the U.S. Capitol, the White House, many other buildings they came from right here in Stafford. It's important that we're honest with one another. It's important that we're honest with God. It's important that we allow God to inspire within us the what-ifs. But those what-ifs need, need materials to become reality. You see, when God has big ideas, God uses people like you and me to make them real. I wonder, are you willing to allow God to raise up a dream in you? Are you willing to be used to make God's dreams into reality? And you might say, well, I'm not qualified. <laughs> we need to read the Bible more. God made Abraham the father of a new nation when he was 100 years old. God picked a guy with a speech impediment to be his voice piece to Pharaoh to say, let my people go. I picked a little boy to whip a giant. God is in the business of using the ordinary to accomplish the extraordinary. He does it every single day and it all begins, it all begins with a dream, a what if, and all of this 
brings us to our passage here in Romans chapter 8 today. You see, in verse 21, creation itself will be set free from its bondage to decay and will obtain the freedom of the glory of the children of God. Just soak that in for a moment. The creation will be set free from its bondage to decay and will obtain the freedom of the glory of the children of God. We know that the whole creation has been groaning in labor pains until now. All of creation is groaning, waiting for the plans that God will dream with you and execute through you. And God has already laid the foundation for our success. But if you still sit there today with trepidation and skepticism, I simply want to remind you of another passage we read today. A bit later in Romans chapter 8, verse 31, the most important if statement in any of our lives. If God is for us, who can stand against us? Would you allow God to co-create with you? Would you give God the space to incubate an idea inside of you? Would you be crazy enough to step out in faith and be used by the Almighty to make that dream a reality? Don't worry if it's crazy, church. Nobody ever even heard of rain when Noah started building the ark. Don't worry if you don't know how. If it's a big enough, if it's a God-sized dream, it's going to be too big for you to accomplish on your own, and God will provide. So what is your what if? In closing, Mark Batterson tells a great story. One day he was walking down the street in his hometown of Washington, D.C. And he walked by this house that was derelict, depressed, falling down around itself. It's a house that was used for drug trafficking and other vice. And as he walked by this particular place, an idea bubbled up inside of him. A what if? He said, what if we could transform this space from what it is into something else? And what if this transformed space could actually be transformational for the community. So, he took the idea to his church. Sometime later, Mark Batterson's church bought that property. They renovated it. And about a year later, they opened a coffee house. All of the proceeds from which go to further mission. They named that coffee house in D.C. Ebenezer. What is the what if that God has planted in your soul 
the idea that incubates inside of you today which will transform this world and reach others for Jesus. What's the what if in your life? Would you pray with me? Gracious God, we give you thanks for your many blessings. And we call upon you, O Holy Spirit, to fill us once again, not only with your forgiveness and your courage, but with your dreams, your what-ifs. Grant us, O God, the grace to give you space inside of us. Allow those dreams to be cultivated. Allow us to see your vision and step forward in faith. Let us bring these what-ifs into reality. In the name and always to the glory of Jesus. Amen.